Hello, I'm Pastor Rick, and welcome to our podcast. I hope that the message that you're about to hear will bless and encourage you today. Terry Yancey is going to bring this morning's message. Reverend Terry Yancey is our guest. He is the superintendent of the Kansas District Council of the Assemblies of God. It's a role that he has held since 1999. Terry and I became friends when he and Karen were the youth and Christian education leaders in Kansas from 1992 to 1997. We met at a camp where we were both serving. It is a friendship that has developed and has remained over the years and now over the miles. Reverend Yancey has a bachelor from Central Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, a master's from Southeastern University in Lakeland, Florida, and his doctorate is from the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary in Springfield, Missouri. He and his wife Karen have been married for over 40 years. They have three children and seven grandchildren. Many people call him pastor. Others call him reverend. Some even call him Dr. Yancey. I get to call him friend. Please welcome our special guest speaker this morning, Terry Yancey. Well, good morning, everybody. I don't think any of you laid awake last night wondering, I wonder if the speaker tomorrow has a doctoral degree. (laughs) Some of you were wondering, and maybe right now you're wondering, the big question, not what's his education, not, not is he married. The question is, can this sucker keep me awake? Well, in the next few moments, I I hope to. For those of you that are uh, watching online, I have no idea if you're going to take a nap or not. But here's my my promise to you. You're going to get something out of this message, even if it's just a good nap. How's that? (laughs) Somebody say, praise God. All right. Well, it was interesting that Pastor Rick uh, was singing earlier in the week, and uh, he used that scripture uh, from 1 Corinthians, because I want to start there myself. Um, let me get my iPad. When, back when we used paper Bibles, never once did I have to use a password to get it open. It was just, hmm. So thank you, Pastor Rick and Sherry. Wonderful meal last night, and just connecting, hanging out again. We love you. And uh, Karen and I have lived by the motto, we refuse to be disappointed in the will of God. But when Pastor Rick and Sherry were beginning to share with us, we think we're going to be leaving Kansas and going, it was like, and that's the will of God? Okay, I refuse to be disappointed in the will of God, but he tested us on that. But the Lord brought them here and we're thankful for their loving leadership of this church. Your best days as a church, Pastor Rick and Sherry, your best days as pastoral leaders are not behind you. Columbus First Assembly, your best days as a church are not somewhere on the old calendars. They're ahead. And that will be true if you believe it, if you act on it, if you take a hold of those decision-making questions that that new class is going to be about, if you make decisions in the right direction. It will be true that your best days are ahead, but it will not be true if you don't believe it. The best days of your marriage, married people, the best days of your marriage are ahead. I don't care if you've been 
what is today? <laughs> Baby, happy anniversary. 42 years and nine months today, that girl signed away her life. I'm thankful for her. I met her on September the 10th of 1978 and married her on January 3rd, 1979. The smartest thing besides saying yes to following Jesus, the smartest thing I ever did was to marry that girl. Now, we're not going to talk about the intelligence level that she expressed by saying yes to marrying me, but we are going to focus on my blessing. So thank you, Pastor, and it's just great to be with you today. 1 Corinthians 9, 6, verse 19 and 20 says this. You've already heard the first part. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? Verse 20, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. I want to talk to you today about being individuals and being a church that's all in. That's all in, in reality, all in. Thank God we are collectively and individually His church. His. We belong to Jesus. It's His church, bought at a price, and we're His church. His church, but we're His church. We are called out of the darkness to live in the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. We are not called out of the darkness to be a little bit better Republican, a little bit better Democrat, a little bit better councilman, a little bit... We are called out of the darkness into the light to be a better version of who we could have ever been because we are now in the light clothed in the comfort and the kindness in the character of Jesus Christ. We're called. We're his church, individually and collectively. You are his church. We are his church privately, locally, regionally, nationally, globally, and eternally. Hear this. This you, individually, you are precious in his sight, imbued and endowed with earth-shaking love. Now, if some of you are you're tracking your mind follows uh, people who are talking, sometimes you will fill in, maybe you don't, but I do, I'll fill in the word that somebody's going to use. And when I hear a phrase like imbued and endowed with earth-shaking, I, I would often anticipate earth-shaking power. But you are imbued and endowed with earth-shaking love. John, the revelator, the writer of 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, the writer of the Gospel of John, when he had the chance by the Spirit's anointing to describe God, he said God is, he could have said power. He could have said smart. He could have said judging because he does judge. But instead he said God is Love, the first most important attribute we need to know and remember and live in about God is that we are imbued with, endowed with, earth-shaking love. It was love that compelled Jesus to come for you and for me. You're his church clothed with the immense presence 
and eternal power of the Holy Spirit. You are, you, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you're at home watching today online, whatever you're, you are clothed. With the same power living inside of you, the same power that's, that, that touched a dead Jew named Jesus who had been killed by the Roman government at the bidding of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish court, and he was dead for three, dead, three days, graveyard dead, side of the road, dog on the side of the road, dead, dead, and the spirit of God raised him. That's what's in you. Church, you and men and women, individuals, that resurrection power, that transformational power, that trajectory changing power is in you. It's in this church, not this building, pastor, as you so properly said, but in us as the temple, the body of Christ. You're his church entrusted with words of life to spread hope to every corner of this county. I want to say that again. You are entrusted with his words of life to spread hope to every corner of this county. In a couple of weeks when you, when you do that block party, it is not about growing the church. It's about spreading hope. And when we spread hope and love, we will see the church grow. And if we aren't spreading hope and love... You know the rest of that story. So we are, we are his church. No wonder the apostle erupted in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 and 15 and said, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. We, we are, we are, you are his church. Now, you happen to be part of a particular tribe like I am. You happen to be a part of the Assemblies of God. Now, it's been around since 1914. And, and uh, in 1901, uh, this Pentecostal thing, this is a, a Pentecostal church. And if you didn't know that, uh, I'm surprised. Uh, but Pentecost has been around since 1901. And uh, uh, it is, has been, and continues to be the fastest growing, fastest spreading element of the body of Christ on the earth. When you count all of the charismatic, uh, spirit-filled uh, Catholics in the world, along with all of the Pentecostals, charismatics of all other stripes, assemblies of God, and then others that are not Pentecostal, but they're baptized in the Spirit, the largest portion of the body of Christ living on the earth today are people who are spirit-filled according to the book and the narrative in the book of Acts. You're part of a tribe that says, we believe that Jesus saves and that he empowers individuals and his body to be witness of him everywhere they go. Did you know you're a part of a tribe that by the efforts of Assemblies of God Ministries, local churches, missionaries, etc., Somewhere, somebody receives Jesus in the world every 61 seconds as a result of the Assemblies of God tribe. That figures out to 1,416 people every day meet Jesus. The majority of them, however, live outside of the United States. Now, I thank God for all of them that are being 
saved, born again, introduced to and beginning to follow Jesus outside of the United States. But I live in the United States. You live in the United States. Most of your, I assume, many, I should say, of your friends and relatives and associates and neighbors don't know Jesus. They need to know Jesus. Aren't you glad that somebody introduced you to Jesus? My, my daddy was, uh, uh, mom, I never knew dad this way, but mom says dad was uh, bad to drink when they were first married. She was 15 and he was 19 and, and um, he loved mom and she loved him, but he, he loved to hang one on uh, at the end of work on, on Fridays. And she said, I could tell Billy Joe had been drinking just by hearing the echo of the way the car was was revving up as he was shifting gears trying to get back home i could i could tell just by the way he revved the engine oh boy he's hung another one on he never he never was abusive to mom he was never abusive at all but uh, he met jesus someone noticed a hillbilly from Izard county arkansas and they talked to him about jesus they they invited billy joe my dad they invited billy joe to go to church out in, a, out in the country, which Izzard County is all country. The biggest, the biggest town in Izzard County was about 1,100 people. And that was if everybody came in on Saturday to do the grocery shopping on the square. But somebody told Daddy about Jesus. He went to church with them by himself because Mom had no interest in going. By this time, my older two brothers were born and I was about three. I never knew my dad except anything but a godly man. He got saved that day, came home, and he said, Carol, I accepted Jesus today. I'm going to follow Jesus. And she said, we'll see. She didn't believe it'd stick. She didn't know what his game was, but she thought he was up to something. Now, back in the day, and, and smoking's still a, a, a bad habit, but, but uh, back in the day, uh, I mean, preachers, you know, man, they preached hellfire and brimstone. And if you were a smoker, they might say things like, well, smoking won't send you to hell. It'll just make you smell like you've been there and back. And, you know, those, those kind of remarks. And, and, uh, but dad felt like uh, smoking would be a sin for him if he kept smoking. And so, so he, he had a pack of unopened cigarettes that he had in his pocket the day he got saved. And he said to the Lord, if I'm going to follow you, I'm going to quit these cigarettes. You're going to have to help me. And so he didn't say a word to mom about it. And for two weeks, he, he carried those cigarettes and never opened the pack. He told us as boys later in, in life when he was telling us his testimony, he said, I, I didn't want to have to bum a cigarette from somebody if I broke down and just couldn't stay with my plan. And so he said, I carried the cigarettes in case I couldn't. And, and about two or three weeks later, after carrying that pack of cigarettes, he was living for Jesus. Every Sunday he was getting up and going to church and mom and we boys, she didn't have anything to do with it. And, uh, and he would go and come back and and that one one day during work he left the house and got out to the car and and she ran out because he had left his cigarettes laying on a coffee table she grabbed his cigarettes ran out to the porch and said hey bill you forgot your cigarettes and he said no carol i didn't i quit those about three weeks ago she went back in the house and he went to work when he came home that night the car wasn't revving like he had been drinking been that way for three weeks. Saturday came, Sunday morning came, dad got up and was getting around to go to church. And mom came in and 
was dressed and ready to go and had three little boys dressed and ready to go. And he said, well, Carol, what are you doing? She said, I've decided what's happened to you is real. We're going with you. And the Yancey family was transformed that day because somebody spotted an invisible hillbilly named Billy Joe Yancey. And they said, would you come to church with me? Would you, would you come to the block party with me? You're my friend. I, I want to hang out with you. I, I, want, I want you to know the same peace and joy and hope that I have. I'm telling you, friends and relatives and associates and neighbors are just waiting for people in the states, the United States, to say to them, there is hope in Jesus, there is life in Jesus, and the same way he transformed a hillbilly 65 years ago is the same way he can transform lives today. Does anybody believe that? If we believe it, let's let our behaviors follow it. You see, I fear that the USA church needs a reset. We need to push the reset button. The USA church has gotten distracted with nationalism and politics. She has fixated on a horrible but temporary pandemic. She harshly divides over masks and vaccines as if they're the same, as if we are living at the same level of hope as the world lives. We have come to this place in the United States. Maybe not Columbus First Assembly. Maybe, maybe not you. Maybe you're those people who you're so holy that you levitate at night when you sleep. I, I doubt it. <laughs> I know your pastor doesn't. Now, Sherry may, may. She's, but I know your pastor doesn't. Maybe you've escaped some of the toxicity that has invaded and infected much of the American church. But we have as a, as a whole, the American church to the point of losing sight of the eternal reality that unclaimed people need the hope of heaven that's only found in Jesus. And the USA church has, has bought into lesser values, lesser hope, lesser priorities, and we think it's more important who's in the White House than we think about what is, who is important in the local church house. Jesus called Columbus First Assembly to more important things. He's calling you, he's calling me to be all in for the things that matter to him. Any ambassador sent from their country to another country will be fired, recalled, and put into ignominious existence if that ambassador gets more concerned about the politics of the country they're sent to than the politics and agenda of the king who sent them. Paul looks at you when you and I read the scripture. He looks at us out of the pages of the scripture. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he says, you are ambassadors of Christ. We are ambassadors. Now, I, before I go any further, just in case anybody's wondering, I love the United States. I'm thankful for the land of the free and the home of the brave. I, I'm a flag waver. I get that. I love the 4th of July, not just because of fireworks. I love the 4th of July for all the symbolism and the history. I'm there. So don't, don't get me wrong, please. But long before you are an American, you are a citizen of heaven. Before your 
passport that says American, United States citizen. You have a passport that's written in the blood of Jesus that says you are a citizen of heaven, an ambassador sent from God to declare the righteousness of Jesus. And listen, if you're a Democrat, God bless you. If you're a Republican, God bless you. But are you sold out all in for the purposes of the king who sent you and me as an ambassador to Bartholomew County? The best days of this church are ahead. If you and I understand that we are sent by the king, you may work for the government, you may own your own business, you may be an architect, you may be a ditch digger, you may be a doctor, a nurse, a lawyer, you may be, I don't know what you are, you may work at Walmart, I don't know what you do, but I'm telling you whatever you do to earn a living is secondary or tertiary to what Jesus has called us to be, he has said. Be my hands and be my feet. And, and you are endued with, with love that can transform everything. Only 20% of churches in the United States are actually growing through conversion growth. That means they're reaching Billy Joe, who's not connected to a church anywhere. He's just living his life trying to support his family trying to survive on a meager wage, just trying to get by, unclaimed. I did some statistical work. Bartholomew County, according to the last census, the number of people that live in the county, the uh, uh, ARDA, Association of Religious Data Archives, on a regular basis, they do a head count. They connect all or contact all of the religious organizations in a county. Now, when I say religious, I'm not saying Christian. I'm saying religious. So they check with the Jehovah's Witness. They check with the Mormons. They check with the uh, Jewish synagogues. Uh, you name it. If whatever religious is in the county, they, they, and they get a number from the people they talk to of what's your average weekly connection your county, by head count, has about 48.2, about. You know, when someone says, hey, what time is it? And they say, oh, it's about 10.09. That's not about, that's exact. If it's 10.10, if it's you could say it's about 10.15. You know, round it up. So I just did that. It was, you know, it's about 48.27554. Uh, it's about... Just under 50% in this county where you live and work and have lived and maybe have buried loved ones and will someday be buried if Jesus doesn't hurry up and come back. Have you noticed that if he doesn't come back, there ain't any of us getting out of this thing alive? It's a one-to-one -one ratio. Everybody that is born will die if Jesus doesn't come back. And in this county, this morning, more than 50% of this county, they're not, a, they're not connected to Islam. They're not connected to Catholicism. They're not connected to the Assemblies of God. They're not connected to the Jewish faith. They're not connected to anything. And they could connect to those things and still be lost 
But if they meet Jesus. Did I mention to you that your best days are, I know I did. Your best days are ahead if you believe it and if you make the right decisions. Friends, relatives, associates, and neighbors, they have a name. My daddy's name was Billy Joe Yancey. And someone said, we want him converted. The churches that are growing in the United States by conversion growth represent about 20% of the churches in existence. If this year is the year of the prodigal pastor, I love that direction that the Spirit of God gave you for this year. Prodigal, come home. Prodigal, come home. They're prodigals, and Jesus wants them. He wants them in his body, and he wants many of them right here. Right here. Right here. So I want to read to you an Old Testament story in just the next few moments share with you what I believe to be the behaviors that are non-negotiable that would reflect we're living all in as a church, all in as individuals. You've been sitting a while, and that's just the introduction. <laughs> so why don't you stand with me as I read, and it'll be on the screen if you want to uh, silently read along. 1 Kings 7, verse 51, and then we'll get into chapter 8. The king, so King Solomon finished all his work on the temple of the Lord. Then he brought all the gifts his father David had dedicated, the silver, the gold, the various articles, and he stored them in the treasuries of the Lord's temple. 8-1, then Solomon, King Solomon, summoned into his presence at Jerusalem the elders of Israel, all the heads of the tribes and the chiefs of the Israelite families to bring up the ark of the Lord of the Lord's covenant from Zion, the city of David. All the Israelites, these who he summoned, all the Israelites came together to King Solomon at the time of the festival in the month of Ethanim, the seventh month. When all the elders of Israel had arrived, these who, who King wanted there, when they had all arrived, the priests took up the ark and they brought up the ark of the Lord and the tent of meeting and all the sacred furnishings in it. The priests and the Levites carried them up, and King Solomon and the entire assembly of Israel that had gathered about him were before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and cattle that they could not be recorded or counted. Verse 6, the priests then brought the ark of the Lord's covenant to its place in the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and put it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the place of the ark and overshadowed the ark and its carrying poles. Eight, verse 8 and 9 basically is just describing the length of the poles. When the priest withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his You may be seated. See, I told you at the beginning, you were asking the question, will the guy keep me awake? Having you stand while I read the scripture is a ploy. Some of you were kind of fighting it, so I wanted to, you know, get you on your feet. I'm having a little bit of fun at your expense. Individuals and churches that live all in, number one, consistently include in their lives who the king cares about. Verse 3 
The king had a certain group of people he wanted involved in this moment of worship, in this moment of dedication, in this moment of recognition of the sovereignty and power and availability of God. We're living all in when we include who the king cares about. And I've already told you, Bartholomew County, more than 51% of this county today are living outside of any connection to a life-giving church. If you add the number in uh, that are attending churches that do not preach Jesus, crucified, buried, raised from the dead, coming again, people who preach something from the Bible, but it's, they don't believe the Bible is the rule of faith and life. They don't, they don't, if you add those in, you probably are somewhere close to 60% plus of people in Bartholomew County who need your love and your power in the Spirit to come to Him. Include who the King cares about. Are the arrows of your life pointing out? Or are the arrows of our lives pointing in? The more I point in, the more I notice I can get depressed and discouraged. The more I point out staying on focus of what Jesus cares most about, people coming to life and being filled with the Spirit and, and then set on a trajectory of bringing others to life in Him, the more I live with my arrows pointing out, the more joyous I have, more joy I have, the more hope I exude. I want to encourage you, live as bringers. B-R-I-N-G-E-R-S. I don't know if it's a real word or not, but I think it communicates, be a bringer. Last night when we checked in, Pastor Rick and Sherry, again, thank you for the lovely uh, room at the La Quinta. And uh, the gal that, that checked us in, she was nice. And she said, oh, you're, are you a, a preacher? And I said, I sure am. And we just had a little chat, and I said, well, if you don't go to church somewhere... I'd love for you to come. Now, maybe she's watching online. If you are, I'm so glad you're watching online. But I invited her. Would you please just, just, just set a goal in your life that this week, between now and Saturday, that you will invite someone in your life, some Billy Joe in your life, a friend, a relative, associate, a neighbor, or a kid. That spells out Fran or Frank, F R A N. Okay, friends, relatives, associates, neighbors, kids, invite someone. Just a goal. Who could you invite this week to be with you next Sunday in this service? The presence of God is in this place. I loved your worship time. I loved, but who could you? You say, now, Pastor Terry, are you, are you putting the pressure on? I guess so. If it feels like pressure to include who the king wants included, then I would suggest that the cooker you need to change cookers, pressure cookers. The king says, I died that all might have life. Individuals and churches that live all in consistently appreciate their history. Uh, David, 
his gifts, the stone tablets in the ark, chapter 7, verse 51, chapter 8, verse 4, the first part. Uh, it's important that we appreciate our history. You've got a rich history here at Columbus First Assembly. And I'm saying to you, Proverbs 22, verse 28, it says, don't move the ancient boundary stones. There's some important stuff in history in this church. We need to appreciate that. We need to remember it, appreciate it. But oh, for heaven's sake, and I say it on purpose, for heaven's sake, don't live in your history. Let history resource this day of kingdom opportunity. Do you remember what it was like before Jesus transformed your life? Remember that, appreciate it, and then let that resource you to talk to a friend, a relative, associate, a neighbor, or a kid and say, I want you to experience, I want you to have some history in your life like I have in mine. Number two, appreciate your history. Number three, individuals and churches that live all in consistently emphasize the blood and work of Jesus. Chapter, uh, the chapter verse five of chapter eight, it said they sacrificed so many animals that they couldn't even keep track of it. It was a bloody business. The, the sacrificing of all of these animals, the people who were approaching the temple were literally tromping through streams of animals blood. It's horrible. It's grotesque. I get it. And there are some who would say that when you preach about the blood of Jesus, like we remembered with the cup, that it's a slaughterhouse religion. I'm telling you, the Bible says truthfully and compassionately, without the shedding of blood, there is no remittance or removal of sin. I believe that you understand, but oh, emphasize how the blood of Jesus forgave you of your sins. You might say that in a conversation and you'll get a funny look, but you can say without his blood shed on the cross, nobody has a chance to miss hell. But I have every shot at heaven now because of the blood of Jesus. Are you living all in? Number four, individuals and churches as collectively a church that live all in consistently stay in the presence of God. Verse 6 and 7, how they put the ark there and the cherubim. It was a, this uh, huge statue of these two cherubim and their huge long gold wings. And they, they created this arch and, and the ark was in the presence of the things of God. What's your hunger level, dear friends? What's your thirst level? level. Karen and I drive 40, 50,000 miles a year in ministry. And I find that while I'm driving, I get to thinking, I need something to drink. And so my drink of choice is Diet Mountain Dew or Diet Coke. I know you look at me and say, it's not working. <laughs> I know. Diet Coke with a king-sized Milky Way. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't counterbalance. But I notice I get hungry as I'm on the road. For what are you hungry? For what do you thirst? The Bible says they who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. And if we're hungering for righteousness, if we're hungering for the presence of Jesus, hungering for the water of the Spirit, I promise you, we will not live lives of, dis of 
desperation, we will instead lives that are inspiring to others because there will be, there will be evidence that there's a God welling up inside of us. What are you hungry for? Stay in the presence of God. And fifth, individuals and churches that live all in consistently receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Verse 10 says, says that the Spirit of God, the cloud, the glory of God came down. If, if, you are, if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit or if you were baptized in the Holy Spirit sometime way back whenever it was, but, but you are, are kind of walking in a, a, a staleness, be refilled. It's, it's the book of Acts, chapter 4. They were refilled with the power, the Spirit of God. I, I suggest to you, all in people, all in, especially in our context and in our tribe, all in people are saying, I want to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, not so I can say I'm better than somebody that's not baptized in the Spirit, but so that we can say, that's what Jesus said I was supposed to have. The promise of the Father, the sweet Holy Spirit, he promised it. And if he promised it, I want it. I hope that that's you because individuals and churches that live all in are consistently receiving the infilling of the Spirit. And finally, finally, as we begin to close, individuals and churches who live all in consistently remember who owns the temple. It's him, not us. It's referenced to Solomon's temple early on in this passage, but here at the end of it, it says that he filled his temple. If you ever find yourself thinking, wait a minute, I have rights. Let me just suggest that you consider with me. Property has no rights. Property has responsibilities. Jesus bought us. The only right I have is to obey the king. Obedience is what his call comes down to today. He has called us to remember that he owns us. He owns the computer I use. He owns the shoes I wear. He owns the, the, the convertible car that I was able to buy, a 2010 Lexus, just in case anybody is wondering how, you know, a rich preacher driving a convertible. Um, I mean, we've been married 42 years before I finally splurged and bought it and saved money and paid cash for it. But he owns it. He owns the house we live in. He owns these glasses that I put on to read sometimes. He owns my body. And if he allows me, I will live all of my days, 40 more years, Lord willing. Wouldn't mind dying at 102. But if it's two more days, two more hours, he owns me, he owns you. And I choose to live all in, all in. So as I wrap up today, we all have a next step to take. What step will you take? Now, if you're watching online, maybe you stumbled onto this, onto this Facebook Live channel and, and uh, you just felt mesmerized, not by this preacher, but by the presence of the Holy Spirit. This is a safe church. This is a godly, wonderful group of people 
Come and join them. Be a part of this. And if you are not following Jesus, whether online or here, if you're not following Jesus, your, your best next step is to say, yes, I will follow Jesus. I will follow Jesus. But let me say to you who are following him, ask yourself, am I face out? Am I arrows out? Or am I living with an inward focus? Will you set a goal? Would you choose one name and this week, this week, invite that one friend, relative, associate, or neighbor to be with you in church this coming Sunday morning? Examine if we're hungry for the presence of God on a daily basis, hungry for his presence when we gather together. And examine if we desire the spirit to fill us to the level of his satisfaction, not to the level of our own. Will you stand with me, please? Father, I thank you for these men and women. I thank you for their dear, precious pastors, Pastor Rick and Sherry. God, I thank you for the history of this church. I thank you that you have a great future for Columbus First Assembly, that Bartholomew County will bow its knee to Jesus Christ because of this group of men and women who are all in. With your heads bowed for just a moment, if you're here without a life-giving relationship with Jesus, you know that, I don't know that. Perhaps everyone in this place is a follower of Jesus, I hope so, but if you're not, I'd like to just lead you in a brief prayer of committing your life to him. Anyone at all, would you just slip your hand up and hold it there long enough for me to notice it? And I want to include you in a prayer. That'd be a good next step. Is there anyone? If you're here watching online, pray a prayer like this. God, I know Jesus died for me. He died in my place. I want to receive the life of Jesus. Lord, I will follow you. I will follow you. Amen. Let somebody know. You can comment in the comment section there in the, the comment area, or you could call this church, visit with pastor or one of the staff members. We want people to know Jesus. How many of you would raise your hand and say, I want people to know Jesus through my life? God bless them. Strengthen them. May your face shine on them. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this message from Columbus First Assembly. If this message has blessed you in any way, would you share it on your social media feeds so that others can be blessed also? If you would like to join us for an in-person service and you're close to us, we are in Columbus, Indiana, then uh, our services start at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings and our church is located on the corner of 10th and Iowa. Once again, thanks for joining us. Look forward to having you join us again soon.